Hi, and welcome to the Good Health Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Good, a registered nutritional therapy practitioner and functional medicine practitioner. Join me as we explore thyroid, brain, and fatigue conditions with positivity. From Hashimoto's to multiple sclerosis, chronic fatigue to adrenal dysfunction, I've got you covered. With expert advice and tips to help you take action now and inspiring real patient stories from successful individuals who refuse to let their health hold them back. Start your journey to good health today. And don't forget to come and join the conversation on Instagram at good underscore health, that's G-O-O-D-E. Or visit my website at nicolegoodhealth.com to find out more. Welcome to today's episode of the Good Health Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Good, and today we are delving into medical gaslighting and advocating for yourself in healthcare. So in the realm of healthcare, trust between patients and medical professionals is paramount. However, this trust can sometimes be undermined by a phenomenon known as medical gaslighting. This practice involves downplaying or dismissing a patient's symptoms, concerns, or experiences, leaving them feeling invalidated or doubting their own reality. Now, I want to caveat this by saying that there are many great medical or healthcare professionals out there who would never dream of doing this. But sadly, it is still something that we face with some. And it is important to understand it and know how to deal with it if it does happen. It's particularly prevalent in people who have chronic illnesses, particularly autoimmune diseases. Most of the people I work with who have had an autoimmune disease, myself included, have at some point experienced some form of medical gaslighting. So today we're going to delve into the intricacies of medical gaslighting, its impact on patients, the importance of self-advocacy, and some practical steps to help you combat it effectively. So let's start by understanding what medical gaslighting is. Medical gaslighting can manifest in various forms, from subtle dismissals of symptoms to outright denial of a patient's experiences. It occurs when healthcare providers, and this is not restricted to doctors, this is any healthcare providers, minimize or invalidate a patient's concerns, attributing their symptoms maybe to psychological factors or suggesting that they're exaggerating. This can lead to delayed diagnoses, it can lead to inadequate treatment or worsening of health conditions. So some of the common phrases that you might hear associated with medical gaslighting include things like, it's all in your head, you're overreacting, I've seen worse, your symptoms are normal, your labs are normal, there's nothing wrong, that's a very common one. You're too young to be experiencing this, another common one as well. There's nothing wrong with you or the most common one, you're just stressed. So what impact does this medical gaslighting have on patients? The effect can actually be profound and long-lasting and beyond physical health consequences resulting from you know, delayed or inadequate treatment, patients may actually experience emotional distress. They may have loss of trust in healthcare providers or a sense of powerlessness. Gaslighting can actually exacerbate existing mental health conditions and it can contribute to a cycle of self-doubt or even medical avoidance. The impact of medical gaslighting on patients extends far beyond the realm of physical health. It permeates into the psychological well-being and trust in the healthcare system as a whole. So let's have a look at some of these things. Emotional distress. So being invalidated or dismissed by healthcare providers can elicit feelings of frustration, anger, sadness, or even helplessness in patients. They may experience you know, a profound sort of sense of being misunderstood or unheard. This is really common. It's a story that I hear all the time in so many of the people that I work with. 
And that can lead to heightened anxiety and depression, not necessarily just in people who have anxiety and depression already. It might be in somebody who's never had it or experienced it before. The loss of trust. So the medical gaslighting erodes that fundamental trust between patients and the trust that they place in their healthcare providers. So when their concerns are dismissed or belittled, patients can begin to question the competence and intentions of those entrusted with their care. Worse still, they can actually start to doubt themselves and that can lead to medical avoidance. Well, both of these things can lead to medical avoidance. If you've lost trust in your practitioner's competence, you're also going to avoid getting that care. And we'll look into that a bit more in a moment. But this loss of trust can have long lasting repercussions because it can influence future healthcare seeking behaviors and that can undermine the patient provider relationship. So it might be that because of the loss of trust in the future, a person doesn't go to the doctors as much as they should or as soon as they should. And that can lead to problems with diagnosis, especially being left too late. And then we have the sense of powerlessness. So gaslighting leaves patients feeling disempowered and marginalized in their own healthcare journey. When their experiences are invalidated, patients may internalize a sense of self-doubt and inadequacy doubting their ability to accurately assess their symptoms, or even thinking it really is all in their head. It also can impair them in making informed decisions about their health. So this can have a really, really big impact on the patient. We've then got exacerbation of mental health conditions. So for individuals who are already grappling with mental health conditions, such as anxiety or depression, medical gaslighting can actually exacerbate the symptoms and contribute to a worsening of overall well-being. Feeling dismissed or invalidated by healthcare providers, it can reinforce negative thought patterns and undermine efforts to manage mental health effectively. For those who have chronic illnesses and who aren't getting any answers, it can actually trigger mental health conditions like anxiety. They don't understand why nothing can be found wrong with them. They worry about what's actually going on, why all the lab tests are coming back as normal when they know they don't feel right. And all of that can bring on symptoms of anxiety. Then we've got medical avoidance. So this is when it gets worse to the point that the trauma of being gaslit by medical professionals, healthcare professionals, may lead to patients actually avoiding seeking healthcare altogether and fearing further invalidation or mistreatment. This can actually result in delayed diagnoses, progression of untreated conditions, and ultimately just poorer health outcomes overall. We've then got the impact on relationships. So medical gaslighting can strain relationships between patients and their loved ones, as well as with healthcare providers. Patients may feel isolated or unsupported in their experiences, and that can lead to strained communication and diminish trust in their support network, which is supposed to aid them and help them through their health challenges. Many family members will really struggle to understand what the patient's going through when doctors are saying that everything is okay. So let's look at the importance of self-advocacy. In combating medical gaslighting, self-advocacy emerges as a really, really critical tool for patients. So by asserting your needs, your concerns and experiences, you can actually reclaim power over your healthcare journey and demand the respect and attention that you deserve. Effective self-advocacy involves understanding your rights as a patient, learning how to communicate those assertively with healthcare providers, and also seeking second opinions if that's necessary. The importance of self-advocacy in healthcare cannot be overstated, particularly in the face of medical gaslighting. Empowering yourself to be able to assert your needs, concerns and experiences really is crucial for navigating the complex healthcare landscape. 
and ensuring that you get the quality care that you deserve. Let's look at what self-advocacy can actually do for a patient. So it gives you empowerment. So self-advocacy empowers individuals to take an active role in your healthcare journey. It shifts the dynamic from being a passive recipient of healthcare to an informed and engaged participant. By advocating for yourselves, you're going to reclaim agency over your health decisions, treatment options, and overall well-being. And this links to having an approach of patient-centered care. So self-advocacy promotes the principles of patient-centered care. And this is a key foundational aspect of functional medicine, which prioritizes the individual's needs, preferences, and values of patients. By articulating your concerns and preferences, you can collaborate with healthcare providers. And this helps to get really personalized treatment plans that align with your goals and your priorities. Self-advocacy can ensure adequate care, which is the main thing. So in the face of dismissive attitudes from healthcare providers, self-advocacy becomes essential for ensuring that patients receive the appropriate level of care that you deserve. Advocating for further evaluation, for second opinions, or for alternative treatment options, you can really safeguard against delays in diagnosis or inadequate treatment or treatment that you're just not comfortable with. Self-advocacy also helps in enhancing communication. So effective self-advocacy fosters open and transparent communication between you as a patient and healthcare providers. By expressing your needs and concerns really clearly and being really assertive with this, patients can facilitate productive discussions with healthcare providers, and this can lead to a real mutual understanding and shared decision-making in your health journey. It also helps to build resilience. So it cultivates resilience in patients that is going to equip you with skills and confidence to navigate healthcare challenges effectively. By advocating for yourselves in one context, you're also going to develop resilience to advocate for your needs in other areas of your life as well, empowering you to assert those rights when necessary and also to seek support when necessary. Self-advocacy also plays a critical role in addressing disparities in healthcare access and quality. So by advocating for certain treatments, for putting your views forward, you can help to dismantle those systemic barriers and promote health equity for all individuals. It also helps bring care together. So in the functional medicine world, we take a whole body approach. We take this holistic approach to your health. But this doesn't happen in conventional medicine. You may have a few different doctors and practitioners working on your case from different departments or from different specialisms. And self-advocacy really helps you to take control of your case as a whole and bring everything together. It also promotes accountability. So it holds not only the healthcare providers and institutions accountable for delivering respectful and patient-centered care, but also holds you accountable for getting involved in your healthcare, making those health choices, things like diet, you know, lifestyle, and making all of those decisions that really promote self-accountability as part of your healthcare journey as well. In essence, the self-advocacy is not just personal responsibility, but a fundamental right of every patient. Let's have a look at how you can improve your self-advocacy tools and help to avoid any medical gaslighting. So first of all, make sure that you educate yourself. Take time to research your symptoms and potential diagnoses. Learn what's going on in your body. Understand it more. Ask questions. Knowledge is really empowering and it equips you to engage in informed discussions with your healthcare providers. Number two, trust your instincts. You know your body better than anyone else. If something feels off or if you're not satisfied with a certain medical explanation, don't hesitate to seek a second opinion. 
or request a further investigation. My first question I ask everybody who comes to work with me, even though they've already filled in a very comprehensive intake form, is always tell me your story in your own words. It's really important to get that patient story over. So trust your instincts and learn to listen to your body. Number three, learn to communicate clearly. So practice assertive communication when you're discussing your symptoms and concerns with healthcare professionals. Clearly articulate your experiences, express any doubts or uncertainties, and advocate for the level of care that you believe you need. Making notes before you go into an appointment may be really helpful with this, as it can really help you to keep things clear and concise and get things in the right order so that you can effectively communicate your health journey to the practitioner. Number four, build a support system. So surround yourself with supportive friends, family members, or patient advocacy groups who can really offer encouragement, validation, and assistance in navigating the healthcare system. And number five, document your experiences. So keep a record of your symptoms, your medical appointments, and all your interactions with healthcare providers. This documentation can serve as evidence of your experiences and also piece together your case as a whole in one place that you can share with different specialisms and different departments. So medical gaslighting poses a significant threat to well-being and the dignity of patients. It undermines trust in the healthcare system and it perpetuates disparities in care. By embracing self-advocacy and advocating for respectful patient-centered care, you can confront medical gaslighting and work towards a better healthcare environment that values and prioritizes your experiences and your concerns. So remember, your voice matters and you deserve to be heard and respected in all aspects of your healthcare journey. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Good Health Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Good Health Podcast. Do share the episode with anyone who you think it may benefit or who may enjoy it and help me spread the word by rating the episode or leaving a review. If you want more, you can find other episodes in the series on your podcast app or sign up to my free newsletter. Not only will you get information on new episodes launching, but we cover lots of health topics with the Ask Nicole section where you can send in your questions, my favorite recipes, my favorite products, tips and tricks to help you on the road to good health and much more. You can sign up free of charge at nicolegoodhealth.com forward slash newsletter also linked below. I hope you have a lovely week. Don't forget to hit subscribe and I'll see you next time.